Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Point Spread Saturday here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. I'm Femi Abebefe coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. I got my co-host Mark Zeno out in Atlanta, Georgia here in Mark, we've talked about these games. We've been breaking them down. Now it's time to give some picks here. What the people want here at the top of the hour. Uh, we both have a handful of plays here in week three of the college football slate. Uh, I want to start with you, though, because you've got some interesting ones, including a trifecta is how you explained it to me here. So uh, why don't you share with the folks uh, who are l- watching and listening uh, what you like today? All right. Well, li- listen, this is the attitude I approach this with. I didn't come here to finish second. All right. <laughs> I, came here to finish first. I came here to win. So I love Bama today. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half. And I love Ole Miss today. I'm going to lay the 14 and a half. And just some background on Ole Miss. My, my college football mantra this year has been death taxes and Ole Miss overs. Uh, and, and really, because I believe Lane Kiffin is out to prove everybody that he's the greatest offensive coordinator and play caller in all of college football. It'll be fun for him to stick it to Saban and show everybody what he's missing. And so he wants to put up a 50 spot every single week. And while the total this week for Ole Miss at 76 is very, very beefy, and it relies on Ole Miss to get to 50 each week to be able to do, which I fully believe they can do because Lane Kiffin's not letting his foot off the gas pedal like a lot of other coaches in college football would. Lane is still going to chuck it up with three minutes left in the fourth quarter to put up points because he's Lane Kiffin. So from that standpoint, I'm not 100% sure that that 76 uh, w- will be a number that I'm 100% comfortable with. But I do think that between his offense, and I know their defense is a little bit sketchy, he's going to be able to outscore uh, the Tulane Green Wave 
by easily two touchdowns. So I love Alabama today, and I love Ole Miss. I'm laying the 14 and a half with both of them. I'm doing that straight up. I'll put them in a parlay, and I'll put them in a tease. Get me down to under 10, and I'm a happy camper. Take six points off each. That's the trifecta. Straight up parlay and tease. As I said, I didn't come here to finish second. I absolutely love that. I love the confidence with it. And Brad Powers is in agreement with you, at least on the Alabama side there in the marquee matchup down there in Gainesville. And I might find my way uh, with that one as well here. I, it's not on my card right now that I'm going to give out here, but maybe might fire in a little bit of Alabama just because I think all signs point to the Crimson Tide. I get it. Some people like to grab those points in these games, especially with the home team. But Bryce Young, that offense, uh, and the, like you mentioned, that defense is really what can kind of carry this Crimson Tide team uh, to a pretty comfortable victory out there in the swamp there. But you also have a few other plays on the card. Do you want to share with those ones as well? Sure. Uh, one of the games, I'll turn my eyes to the Big Ten, Michigan hosting NIU. Uh, and I'm going to take the under. I got it at 54 and a half earlier in the week. Guys, Michigan State's, uh, Michigan's defense rather is very good. You're only averaging 2.6 yards a carry given up on the ground. Uh, they average less than 10, yes, 10 yards or less pass attempts on pass attempts defensively. So their their defense has only given up 9. I think it's 9.8 yards per pass attempt. These are minuscule numbers. Their defense has been outstanding the first two weeks. They choke out a Washington team uh, last week. You look at the number at 54, and it's one of those spots where an NIU team that came out and beat Georgia Tech in week one, upset them, scored 22 points. Sure, they put up a lot of points against Wyoming, but I don't know that they faced a defense anything resembling close to what Michigan is. Uh, I don't see NIU getting more than 10 points. I know it's a big number at 27 and a half. So if you're looking at a 40 to 10 game, I think that's where you are. You get to 50, you stay under that 54 and a half total. That's probably what the game script looks like. Uh, I hope it's not close in the first half. I hope Michigan takes an early lead and sort of takes NIU out of this thing early on, because if it stays close, I think it leads to a higher scoring second half. But I do like Michigan uh, in the under in against Michigan NIU today at the big house. And then you also had a couple live dogs in the Big Ten. We teased it in the last hour there uh, with that Purdue and Notre Dame game. But you have another live dog that you see out there, and it's going to be in the early window slate. So, folks, get the pen and paper out now and fire this one in because it's kickoff in about three hours here. Sparty party down in South Florida right here for me. I mean, they're getting six and a half. I've seen some shops have it at six. Um, so, you know, there, there may be some people jumping on this thing as, as they've been talked about a lot this week as a live dog. Uh, and just look where you're getting price wise. I mean, you see the money line there. Uh, it may be a money line play for a small amount or, or nothing if the public starts to heavily back this play. But what have we seen? This says more about Miami than anything else. Look, Michigan State's well improved. Mel Tucker has really got them playing at a different level. They're a team that can score. Their defense is better than what we think. But Miami really is the issue here. And De'Ara King is yet to show up and look like the Heisman candidate and the Heisman, one of the Heisman favorites that we thought he was going to be. And still you're wondering, is this the game where he has the breakout? I kind of say no. Like, I get it against Alabama. He did not play well last week. De'Ara King did not in a game that was much closer than it should have. And so something is sort of up right there uh, in South Florida, in Cora Gables with De'Ara King. I'll take Michigan State getting the points in this spot and feel pretty comfortable about it. But I do look at them a lot. If people start to jump on them publicly, uh, just play the money line because I think you're getting a better return on your investment. And, and then also, I know you mentioned how you like Purdue with getting the points yep. there. They're getting now seven and a half, I believe it is, in South Bend. You would still like it at seven. And, and you're also sprinkling a little bit on the money line as well with that one, with an in-state rivalry between the Boilermakers and the Fighting Irish. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel better about it at seven and a half just in case. 
again, key numbers in college, I don't believe they're as important as they are in the NFL because college scoring is sort of a little bit more wacky and all over the place, um, and kickers are less reliable in, in college than they are in the NFL. But to that end, yeah, I think Purdue is in a very favorable spot. I would shop around, make sure I get 7.5 just to feel 100% comfortable with it. But I do think this is a spot where Notre Dame, if they allow Purdue to stay close – uh, and, and Purdue's offense and their quarterback, Jack Plummer, has been very, very efficient. Uh, I just don't see Notre Dame being an offense that pulls away by any stretch of the imagination. So I'll take the points with the Boilermakers today. All right. Those are Mark Zeno's picks for week three in college football. We've got Bama Ole Miss laying 14 and a half. Also likes it as a parlay. Also likes it as a tease. And we're calling that the trifecta. Then also the Michigan under at under 54 and a half. And also you said you like the two dogs out of the big 10 Michigan state plus six and a half and Purdue plus seven. Well, those are your picks. Let's get to my picks here. Now uh, the college football season to me, it's off to a decent start. I actually won last night uh, with Illinois getting seven and a half out there at home against Maryland. That was a very nice one to get the week three slate off to a good start here. And we're going to try to keep that momentum rolling here on this fine Saturday in September. And the first game that I like is in that early window as well. The old Big East rivalry here between Virginia Tech and West Virginia. Now, Virginia Tech is the, the not the favorite, but they're the team that's quote-unquote better as they're the 15th ranked team in the country. But I'm laying the points with the Mountaineers at home. It's, it's a system that I have in college sports of any time you see a ranked team on the road against an unranked team and they're an underdog, that means bet the favorite. And I really like the favorite in this spot with the Mountaineers. I feel like the line is just telling me the Mountaineers are the right side. Now, we've seen some money coming in on Virginia Tech this morning. I believe in some spots you can get that at two, maybe even one and a half at DraftKings. Obviously, I would still love it at one and a half or two, two and a half. I like it at anything underneath a field goal with the Mountaineers. It's just, I think it's a little too much too soon for Virginia Tech. We saw two weeks ago, they knocked off North Carolina, a top 10 team at home. But that was in Blacksburg. That was when they had enter the Sandman plan. That was when they at least could have that crowd going and that raucous environment in their favor, taking down Sam Howell and that Tar Heels team. But I think now having to go onto the road, go into Morgantown, it is going to be just an absolute feeding frenzy with that crowd there with it being that old Big East rivalry. And of course, Virginia Tech star tight end James Mitchell. He's going to miss the rest of the season with a knee injury. He led the Hokies in receiving touchdowns a year ago. So you're coming in, you're down, you're probably your best player out there at Virginia Tech. This is the first true test for this team on the road. And I like the West Virginia Mountaineers in the spot, laying anything under a field goal. I got it at two and a half. You could probably find a two if you shop around, may even find a one and a half if you have DraftKings at your disposal. But give me the Mountaineers laying the points underneath a field goal. My next game, Mark, we're going head to head, baby. We're going head to head on South Beach. I'm taking the Miami Hurricanes. I'm laying the points. And I, I heard your arguments for Michigan State, and I think this Michigan State team was underrated heading into this season. I took them with the points against Northwestern in week one. I thought that was just an easy auto play right there, and it ended up cashing as an outright winner. But I think this is a buy low spot for this Miami Hurricanes team. And I know some people brought it up, but I think it's important to bring it up once again is that the look-ahead number at DraftKings, the game of the year number for this line, Miami by 17 and a half. We've only played two games. There's no way there can be an 11-point adjustment off of just two weeks of college football without any significant injuries. Now, I know Alabama beat up Miami pretty good, and Miami almost lost to App State a week ago, but I do think Derrick King, coming off of the knee injury, can finally get – just needs a couple games, a couple weeks to get in rhythm – 
is now going to finally be in a groove. It's a tough spot for Michigan State having to go down south. It's going to be hot. It's that early window. It's just muggy in Miami out there. I'm taking the Hurricanes laying six and a half because it's a team that hasn't covered it all this season going up against a team that has exceeded expectations. Perfect buy low spot for me and the Canes in that game. In the primetime game, college game days, there's State College. I'm taking the points, or I'm, I'm rather laying the points, rather, with Penn State Nittany Lions at home in that whiteout game. Brad Powers talked about it. The betting or the the, the home road splits for Bo Nix, there, the Auburn quarterback, are just absolutely staggering at home. 22 touchdowns, three interception TD to INT ratio on the road. It's a 10 touchdown, 10 INT ratio. I am not a believer in Bo Nix. Haven't been since he's taken over as a quarterback at Auburn. And Auburn just simply hasn't played anybody. They covered and won games. Congrats, you beat our Akron and Alabama State. This is their first road game of the season, first road game under new head coach Brian Harson. I like the Nittany Lions in this spot to cover that one at home against this number 22-ranked Auburn team. And finally, my last play, Vanderbilt catching points against Stanford at home. Now, I got it at plus 11. The market disagrees with me. There's even some plus 13s out there. I think the most common number is 12.5 or 12. But I think this is a classic sandwich spot for a Stanford team. I backed Stanford last week getting 17 and a half against USC. It's an emotional victory. It's a rivalry game for them, that Pac-12 game. They won that one, got Clay Helton fired. Next week, though, they are at home against UCLA, who's kind of the hottest team in the Pac-12 South. This is just a classic sandwich spot for a Stanford team that doesn't really play with an up-tempo offense. I think the Commodores can hang in this one and lose by 10 or less in this game. So give me Vanderbilt at anything 11 or better that you might be able to find there. It's a sluggish performance from the Cardinals, what I'm projecting here come Saturday out there in Nashville. But on the other side, we're talking ACC Big 12 as we go down the slate here on this week three in college football on Point Spread Saturday. It is VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. VSEN is now available 24 7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24 7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to vsin. It is point spread Saturday rolling along here on a Saturday. Femi Abebefe alongside Mark Zeno, who's out in Atlanta, Georgia. And we are inching closer and closer to kickoff here in about less than three hours. We have kickoff on the college fall slate, but I wanted to talk and kind of hone in on the ACC and the Big 12. Now, the ACC conference has been off to a rough start here in this college football season. Clemson loses to Georgia on the opening day. You have North Carolina and Miami also lose. Those are kind of teams that were as potential dark horse teams that might be able to challenge Clemson. Well, they didn't look good in week one, and they haven't really looked good all throughout this season thus far. So when you look at this ACC conference, I know Clemson's still the overwhelming favorite. And before we even get to the games, I just wanted to ask you, because I talked about it last week with Amal Shaw, Clemson's chances to make the playoffs because he thinks that they're out. They're completely shut out now that they lost because they don't have another chance to really impress on that schedule. Do you think that this Clemson team can make it? Because I believe they're still getting plus money to, as on the no, to miss the playoffs. They're at plus 150 at last check at DraftKings. Well, how much do you trust the committee to do the objective correct thing over what they think is best for the sport? Clemson runs the rest of the table. And boy, do they play in awful schedules the rest of the way out. Uh, they run the table, finish 12 and one and win the ACC. How is, and their only loss is to a top five Georgia team that loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Show me where they don't deserve to be in. Like, I just, I, I don't see it at this point in time. You know, the, the, the committee will, will always, and again, some of this is that Clemson has to come out and actually start spanking people left and right. Uh, and, and rolling, steamrolling teams. Like, that's an important part of it. You know, that optics test, that eye test that we, we would like to throw out there and, and be so fanciful about, um, that that still has to happen. But if they do that, and we assume they will because they're going to play a very, very soft schedule. But that said, 12-1, and one, conference champ, only lost to a top-five opponent, still seems like an easy way in, if you ask me. I mean, and a lot of this also depends on what the Pac-12 does. What does the Big 12 do? What do they look like, right? Like, I mean, it, it, you need an undefeated Pac-12 champ or an undefeated Big 12 champ to really unseat Clemson out of the picture, especially if Alabama and Georgia both get to the SEC championship game undefeated because both those teams likely would get in if that's the scenario. So that puts somebody else on the outs, and I just don't see them leaving Clemson out regardless 
uh, of their lack of of toughness of schedule, especially when their only loss is to, again, a Georgia team that may or not may not have won the SEC with one loss. Yeah, Clemson right now at DraftKings, 8-1 to one to win the national title. I wouldn't really bet that because I think even if they were to get to the playoff, I don't see them being a team that could take down Alabama or Georgia or Oklahoma. So at DraftKings, the prop for them, the yes-no to make the playoff, is yes is minus 145, the no is now plus 115. That's one that I might look at as just, hey, like that yes price, when you look at Clemson's schedule, they're going to be two touchdown favorites at least against everyone that's left on the schedule. And then when you get to an ACC title game, there's no way they'll be minus 145 on, on the money line there. You're probably looking at having to lay minimum $3 to win $1 there in that game. So this team, to me, I feel like we should still kind of keep an eye on this team. I know they've been underwhelming to start the college football season, but the path is clear there. And as long as they have to go perfect, which is easier said than done. But when you look at that schedule, they have as good a chance as anybody in the country to run the rest of the table. And we know college football chaos ensues. Uh, once you especially get into October, November, once conference play really gets underway there. But speaking of conference play Clemson, they're taking on Georgia tech this afternoon in Clemson. That one right now, the tigers are laying 28, 28 and a half in some spots with a total of 52 and a half. I don't think I could lay those kind of points with this Clemson team as much as I've been saying that they're probably going to run the table, but it just seems like a little big of a number with such a low total when you have a number that big against the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I, kind of the same scenario I talked about with Georgia earlier, Femi, you know, with, with a low total and a, and a big spread that puts you in a tight window uh, when you look at correlating bets, you know, one side or the other. But regardless, Femi, I mean, is Georgia Tech not the panacea uh, for any good team to go out and beat up on? I mean, uh, I love Jeff Collins. I love what he's done. He's re-energized the program. He recruits well, and he says the right things. But you know what he hasn't done yet? Win. And you can't lose to NIU at home in week one, uh, a team that is a non-starter from the standpoint of uh, you put that on your schedule. Like, literally, Georgia Tech lost their bowl berth at home in week one by losing to NIU. And so I don't know that, that Georgia Tech can recover from that. They're going to get mollywopped in this game. Uh, I would. It's Clemson or nothing. Uh, I just don't see how Georgia Tech has any of the horses in the barn to keep up. And if Dabo Sweeney is Dabo Sweeney, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder the entire rest of the season. He's going to go out and, and just prove to everybody that week one was one of those things, hey, you know, we didn't take the game seriously enough. We It was, it was a good opponent, and we weren't prepared and everything else. I think Davos, he has every desire in the world to go up, put 60 in this game and not even give Georgia Tech a second to breathe. I mean, again, I I don't like the number for the same reasons you don't to lay it with. But Georgia Tech is like a perfect panacea for, for Clemson right now. Yeah, and Mark, I think that's an excellent point that you just make here with Clemson having to impress and Dabo not letting the foot off the gas, especially with how they lost the game to Georgia and having not many uh, points to impress the committee, rather. So they're going to have to really win these games in blowout fashion. And we've seen Georgia Tech take some money. That line opened up at 30, now 28, 28 and a half. But that's something to keep in mind later on in this season is that Clemson is going to be trying for style points. This is a team that can't just win games and show up at 11 and one and not really look impressive. Otherwise they're probably going to get passed up by another power five conference champion here. So I think that's a very key point to keep in mind with this Clemson Tigers team, maybe a first half look. Cause I think the bookmakers will eventually catch up to the fact that Clemson is needing these style points that might have some of these lines a little inflated. So maybe you look Clemson first half as they have to look just spectacular. I think with what's ahead 
on this schedule here. But another game that's kind of intriguing, Boston College and Temple out of the ACC. Now, the Golden Eagles lost their quarterback, Phil Jerkovich, uh, for the rest of the season, which is a big loss. He's a guy that's probably going to be playing in the NFL. I know some of the draft scouts have liked him as a potential guy to be a quarterback at that next level. This line opened up with Boston College on the road, laying 17. It's now down to 14. 17, kind of one of the key numbers in college football. 14, obviously, just two touchdowns. We can all do the math there. This Temple squad, I'm not sure if I'm rushing to back them, but whenever you're going up against a team that just lost its quarterback, it's it's never uh, never a good sign to be laying that many points with QB2 uh, behind center there. Yeah, I mean, yuck, what what a stay-away game, just given the situation, Femi, uh, and what's going on. If crying out loud, Temple gave up 61 points to Rutgers. Rutgers hasn't scored 60 points in a football game in the better part of a half century. Like, so we know their defense is bad. Uh, and and I don't have a lot of faith in Temple uh, from an offensive standpoint uh, when you talk about a team like Boston College, like a higher level opponent. Uh, and so this is a complete stay away. When Boston College loses their starting quarterback, too many variables. I need some more data points from Boston College to see what QB2 does and what they look like. I mean, look, top scoring offense in the ACC uh, through two weeks, right? Top passing offense in the ACC through two weeks. So uh, Jerkovich was a huge part of what they did. He's gone. It's just at this point, I, I think there are better investments of your money uh, elsewhere until we start to see what Boston College looks like. Well, let's try to find some uh, good value in the Big 12 conference. And the best Big 12 game on the slate, in my opinion, at least, is the one that's going to be taking place in Boise State when the Oklahoma State Cowboys take on the Boise State Broncos. Uh, the Boise State right now laying three and a half. I'm seeing three in some places. So this is kind of hovering at that key number. Oklahoma State has taken some money because that line opened up at four, the total sitting at 57 or 57 and a half. But this Oklahoma State team hasn't really looked right this season. Uh, would you take the points with them or or maybe is this one that you just either lay it or don't play it? Oklahoma State would be the side that I would be on uh, in this matchup, Femi. Uh, I trust that their offense is going to return to form. And and through two weeks, they've looked pretty good. Uh, they haven't looked outstanding by any stretch of the imagination, but if it's one thing that Oklahoma State has been about, uh, and last year their offense had such a regression. It was one of their worst offenses in the last 10 years under Mike Gundy. And so I, I look at the Cowboys and I go, through two weeks, I feel like they're starting to get back to form offensively. If they are, they're a great play uh, in this matchup. But again, uh, it's a team that I'm sort of waiting on right now to get a little bit more data points and figure out how consistent they're going to be. So you know, I, I, I pause on the game itself. I don't have a good feel for it, but I'll watch it out of, out of the corner of my eye to see what they're going to do. Yeah, I think that's a smart play there. Just kind of gather the info, and then maybe there might be some opportunities later on down the season to to back either side there. But real quick here, Mark, about 30 seconds. Rice taking on Texas. We saw Texas get beat down last week at Arkansas there in that kind of Southwest Conference rivalry renewed there against the Razorbacks. Texas right now laying 26 points with a total of 52 and a half any lean either beside or total in this game between rice and texas i I would look at the texas team total the change at quarterback um hudson cards so they go back to thompson probably the smarter play for steve sarkeesian i'd look at their team total all right well mark you're an sec guy so we're going to talk some sec on the other side of the break because it just means more and it means more here on point spread saturday as we try to win you a little bit of money here in college football week Number three, we're rolling along here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season is here, and starting this weekend, VEASAN has added new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VEASAN lineup will expand to 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. VEASAN has added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and, of course, strategic sports betters. Visit vcin.com to see our new lineup and meet our talent and make this your best football betting season ever. It is Point Spread Saturday. I'm Femi Abebefe coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Mark Zeno joining us from Atlanta. Mark, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see some of our new shows. I know one show that is a good show to kind of keep your eye on is Betting Across America coming up later today from 9 to 6 or rather 9 to 3 p.m. on the West Coast, noon to 6 out on the East Coast. That'll be with our new guy, Dave Ross, and our encyclopedia, Wes Reynolds, uh, who knows everything there is to know about college football. So that's a, a good one if you're looking for some in-game help, uh, one that maybe you might want to check out as a second-screen option while watching this college football week three slate here. Oh. Over on Mason, uh, good friend, great guy, uh, absolutely a program worth checking out every single day. There we go there. And I know your expertise is the SEC. You're out there in SEC country in Atlanta where they play the title game every December, always one that everyone keeps their eyes on. So let's talk some SEC football. And a game I want to get to with you is that you kind of brought this up earlier to me in one of our breaks between Georgia Southern and Arkansas. So we just talked about Texas in the Big 12. They, of course, lose to the Razorbacks. Arkansas, what a win that was for their program there with Sam Pittman and getting that thing going, beating uh, a Longhorns team that they always love to beat there from that rivalry from the Southwest Conference back in the days. But now they turn around hosting Georgia Southern, and they are 23 or 23.5-point favorites with a total of 52.5 in you think this might be a possible letdown spot here for the Razorbacks, Mark? Explain why. I mean, it just feels like it, right? They get the big national win, the big win on national TV against Texas, an old rival. And, of course, you have the students run onto the field when you're not supposed to against a team that's not the top ranked <laughs> team in the nation. So it's always an overhyped win. Uh, and all of a sudden, you get yourself in a mindset where you think, you know, that easily this is a game that uh, uh, that Arkansas should win. And they probably will. But it's a big number. Uh, and Georgia Southern is a team that is not immune from scoring points. Uh, and, they're, and they're not afraid to, to, to be able to find the end zone. I would I would look at as much as a letdown spot, too. I'd lean on the over in this spot, uh, figuring that if Arkansas plays the way they did last week and scores the way they did last week, and it's impressive what Sam Pittman has done with that offense. You know, obviously, they get the big guys blocking up front. That's Pittman's specialty. So from that standpoint, I think Arkansas can be able to score, but I also think Georgia Southern uh, will be able to put some points. You're, you're at 52. I guess you're below 54 if you're feeling like a key number is comfortable from that that standpoint. Uh, so the 52 and a half is, is somewhat favorable. But, yeah, I think this feels like a classic letdown spot for Arkansas in a game that's going to be a lot tighter than what you would think. Uh, and a lot of that speaks to Pittman himself, right? How prepared is he? How focused will he have his players this week after the huge win last week? And they may take Georgia Southern too lightly. It just feels like a classic letdown spot to me. Yeah, those are kind of just the ebbs and flows of the college football season here because we have to always remember and remind ourselves that these are college kids. These are kids 18 to 21 years old. 
They're not professionals. They're not going to be consistent. And like you mentioned, when they have a big emotional victory with a student section rushing the field, they're going to feel that. And I'm sure they've been hearing all week long about how they're amazing and how Arkansas football is back. And when you play a lesser team or an inferior opponent, especially on paper, it could be a spot that you're kind of overlooking that opponent there. And like you mentioned with Georgia Southern, if they can score, they might be able to be a little frisky and hang within that number here this afternoon. But one of the early games in the SEC, and I really wanted to get to this one. It's not as sexy on paper, but we have a quarterback injury, of course, so we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. But the number seven Texas A&M Aggies, there will be without quarterback Haynes King for a what is being reported four to seven weeks with a leg injury. I think the report is saying that he has a crack in his leg uh, uh, in the bone there. So the Haynes King, the quarterback for the Aggies, a team that people thought could challenge Alabama out of that SEC West. Now without their quarterback, they'll be playing sophomore Zach Calzada, who played last week against Colorado. And what a tough game that was. I mean, the Aggies barely able to get by Colorado out there in Denver. But I'm looking at the Aggies odds to win to rather to win the SEC, and they're at 20 to 1, which seems very steep, but you know that you have to beat Alabama, and they probably would have to beat Georgia as well if you want to win the SEC. But 20 to 1 to win the SEC, 40 to 1 to win the national title, 14 to 1 to make the college football playoff. But they've been taking some money here at home against New Mexico. They opened around 26, I believe it was, 26, 27, that line out there in College Station. Yeah, it was 26, now up to 30 and a half in some spots here. But what do you think about this Texas A&M team, whether it be side or total in this game, but more so in general as a season outlook going forward now with, with Haynes King on the sidelines for the foreseeable future? It's going to be have to, have to be some of Jimbo Fisher's best coaching jobs. Look, Zach Calzada completed exactly 47% more passes than you and I did last week. <laughs> so that's not good. Um, he only completed 47% of his passes uh, when he took over for Haynes King. That's a problematic thing for a team that that doesn't necessarily have a great run game, right? I mean, it, Haynes King was the, the key to their offense. And so what is Jimbo Fisher going to do offensively to get Calzada more comfortable, to make him a more efficient passer, and to be able to put points up on the board? Um, you know, when we think of Colorado, we don't exactly think of like a high-powered offense um, and so they were only able, excuse me, to stay in that game because Colorado couldn't score. Um, and, and that was really what it was. Their, their quarterback only threw for 89 yards in that game. And so it's one of those things here, as I said repeatedly, you got to sort of wait for some data points. I couldn't lay 30 in this spot. I mean, you're, you're relying, and the Aggies' defense is very good. I, I don't think we have to worry about their defense being able to hold up their end of the bargain. It's just their offense. How, how are they going to get to 40 in this game to cover a 30-point spread? So, I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. Uh, and, and your confidence in being able to to predict a winner in this game or, or handicap it, I just don't get a good feel from what I saw from Calzada last week that this is an offense that's going to score more than 30. Um, I, I don't like, you know, the Aggies getting points in this spot. It's probably A&M or nothing, but I feel like it's more nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think the nothing is probably the, the play there. And I, I mentioned the futures odds just because I think it's an interesting talking point, but if somebody wanted to bet Texas A&M to me, it feels like just wait to bet the money line against Alabama because they're going to have to beat Alabama if they want to win the SEC. And then they're going to have to beat Georgia. So play the money line against Alabama and then wait for the SEC title game. If they're able to get there and play the money line against Georgia, don't tie your money up on a 20 to one bet to win the SEC or even 40 to one to win the national title. I just think that'd be a, a bad investment there. So just wait. And sometimes the money line play, because 
they're probably going to be at least a 20-point underdog at home against Alabama if, if Calzada plays the way he's been playing at least thus far this season there. But uh, a game that you brought up earlier was South Carolina and Georgia. I wanted to touch on it here once again. The Bulldogs are laying 31 and a half, 32 in a game with a total of 48. So it's such a narrow window right there for them to cover that game. But I, I mean, I wouldn't take the points of South Carolina. I was mistakenly, I took the points last week with UAB and then I'm seeing Georgia pick sixes and their defense was just absolutely locked down and Stetson Bennett. He fared well in the, in, in the start there. He's an experienced quarterback played quite a bit last year. So he fared pretty well there. So I probably should have not factored in so much of JT Daniels, not playing because they have a backup who has played, but this Georgia team, they look as good as advertised from, from earlier this season. I, I have a 10 to one ticket from the summer and I feel good. I don't feel great because I know they're going to have to play Alabama eventually at some point, but man, uh, this Georgia team is a team that with a defense like that, it, you don't really want to be taking an underdog because you just might not be able to score. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And, and I was all last week. You check my Twitter. You'll, you'll see it. And I just said routinely with the, with the number being that low when it was only 24, 25, whatever it closed at before kickoff. Uh, my, my attitude going in Femi was if Georgia can't score 40 against UAB, regardless of who's that quarterback, shame on them. Shame on them. They, they, they absolutely have the talent um, to outscore that team. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. And they proved me right. The problem here with this game is, is that what you're relying on at this point with a spread that big, it's correlating bets. If you're taking Georgia, you have to take the over. If you're taking South Carolina, you feel like the under is going to come in. And do you trust Georgia to put up 50? You know how many times, Femi, that Georgia's put up 50 in Kirby Smart's tenure? Six. Just six. Remember, the beginning of Kirby Smart's tenure was let's play three cupcakes to start the year. And he wasn't scoring 50 against them. And so that's a little bit of a concern for me. Now, they scored 50 last week and covered easily. So you don't really worry about it. But Kirby Smart isn't Lane Kiffin. He's not going to keep his foot on the gas pedal. So you get above 50 last week because you got pick sixes, because you got defensive scores and things of that nature. It's Georgia or nothing here. And I don't necessarily have a ton of concerns about swallowing the 31 and a half. It's really a question of how many points will South Carolina score. Your only worry really is a backdoor cover. If you were asking me to set a line on South Carolina team, you know, points, I put it at seven and a half, and I probably take <laughs> the under because yeah. I, I don't know that they're going to be able to score. You know, Frank Beamer is, is a different coach there, and he's he's got them all excited. For everything else, but still, not a good spot for the South Carolina offense. Uh, I think you can lay the thirty-one and a half, but do it with with trepidation. All right, yeah, that's that. That Georgia team, it's yeah. I'm not betting against them, at least not with the total or a team that can't put up points there. There'll be other spots to fade Georgia uh, later on down in the season here. But that does it for the SEC. On the other side, we're talking uh, at more SEC rather, actually football, and then also talking about some of our early matchups that we have here on Week Three slate. Here it is, Point Spread Saturday on Vsin, the sports betting network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Femi Bebefe coming to you from the South Point Hotel Casino in Las Vegas. My guy, Mark Zeno, out in Atlanta, Georgia, has been joining me all morning long as we've been going through this college football week three slate. And it's the final segment. The folks want to know what they what we like and what they want to fire in on in this noon slate here as we get this game going. Try to get people off to a good start. Get some good momentum building into the afternoon and into the evening. And one game I wanted to start on, we talked about this one in the break here between Western Michigan and Pittsburgh. Right now, the Panthers laying 14 with a total of 58 at home. But you think this team could have a sneaky kind of value long-term this season? Kind of explain why here, Mark. Yeah, I mean, raise your hand if you had Pitt as the second-best offense in the ACC through two weeks of football. Yeah, okay, nobody's got their hands up. Exactly. Give <laughs> me uh, some Kenny Pickett. He's played really, really well. Uh, the Pittsburgh offense is humming along. Uh, this is a spot right there for them today 
at home uh, against – I'm always weary of Mac, Mac opponents. You know, it always kind of scares me. They're better than you think that they are. But this is a good spot for Pittsburgh here. And I think Pittsburgh is a very good play, a sneaky good play to win the Coastal. Yeah, they got to face Clemson in a couple of weeks, but losing to them doesn't matter. Um, you know, this is a team, I think, that may end up being the best team in the Coastal. And depending on what you get uh, and what the number is, if you're if you're at 5-1, to 6-1, to one, maybe even 7-1 to one for Pittsburgh at this point in time to win the Coastal, jump on it. Uh, it's it's not a bad value bet and a bad value proposition given where Pittsburgh is. I mean, they're going to go through a tough part of their schedule coming up here. Uh, they'll travel to Blacksburg to face Virginia Tech and get Clemson the following week, even though they get them in Pittsburgh back to back. And then they got to see Miami. We'll see where they are, if they're still ranked at that point in time. But, you know, they get through that three week gauntlet. Um, and if they beat Virginia Tech in Miami and, and don't have to worry about Clemson, I mean, it, you know, they, they are in dr- the driver's seat to go out and win the Coastal. So I like them today. Laying the 14, uh, I got to do a little bit more diving into it, but you know, I, I would consider it for a small play at this point in time as we speak. Uh, 9:47 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, 6:47 over there uh, Pacific time. Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's worth worth a look for a team that uh, offensively is just really putting up points at will at this point. Yeah, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett has the most starts of any quarterback in the country, so that kind of experience is valuable in college football when there's so much turnover, obviously, the dudes graduating or going to the pros. And that number actually is now 14 and a half in most spots, now even 15 here at South Point. So so some momentum here for Pitt hosting Western Michigan. Another game, kind of a an interesting game here on this slate, and it's two brand names, so it's marquee just from the names alone. But I think we're going to see a blowout in Norman as the Oklahoma Sooners host the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oklahoma laying 22 and a half with a total sitting at 62 and a half here at the South Point. And I see this game as Oklahoma not letting the foot off the gas. I mean, we've talked about how Nebraska wanted to kind of duck and dodge and and get rid of this game and replace it for another one this summer. Uh, They have to go and play them in Norman now. And and I see Lincoln Riley and his bunch out there in, uh, in Norman kind of putting it to the Cornhuskers. What do you think, Mark? I agree. I mean, Oklahoma should mollywop this team. They, they should smoke them without even a hesitation. I mean, we're putting so much stock into what happened in week one with Tulane. And I keep telling people that the narrative in that game is all wrong. Uh, it wasn't that Oklahoma, uh, you know, had a bad game against Tulane. And it wasn't that their defense let them down. And oh, by the way, since when has Oklahoma's defense been anything we put any stock into? Never. And so their offense scored three points They in the second half of that game. Lincoln Riley took his foot off the gas pedal and thought he was going to coast the final 30 minutes, and he wasn't able to. Tulane got themselves back in the game. It says more about what the, the mentality was of Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma in the second half of that game. Nothing else. I mean, do you honestly doubt that Lincoln Riley isn't going to put up 40 today? Uh, I, I don't see how he's not, at least. It, it's, it, points are going to come fast and furious for Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners. I would I would swallow the points with Oklahoma today uh, with, with not much hesitation. Scott Frost and Nebraska are a mess right now. And this could be one of those games, Femi, that puts him, you know, and, and all the alumni going, did we make the right choice in bringing him back here? Uh, these rivalry games seem to matter to, to old dudes who have a lot of money who fund college football yeah. programs. Uh, from an optics standpoint, and even though Scott Frost isn't a bad coach, they've got some things to fix there um, in Cornhusker country. Yeah, those old guys remember when this Nebraska-Oklahoma game actually meant something to the national title picture, and now it just yeah. means something in terms of the Oklahoma side. It doesn't really mean anything for Nebraska here. As we're rolling along, about five and a half minutes left here in point spread Saturday, and we've seen some line movement in the game that we're oppo on. Michigan State and Miami, Circa has now moved to Miami minus seven. 
They moved wow. to Miami, minus seven in this spot. I have minus six and a half. You're back in Sparty Party. You even think Sparty Party could be live on the money line here, but just kind of final thoughts in this game between the Spartans and the Hurricanes kicking off at nine o'clock East or Western time in uh, noon Eastern. I love what Mel Tucker has done. You know, he struggled last year, but everybody struggled last year. It was a COVID year, so it's hard to really figure it out. But I like the way he's got Michigan State playing right now. Um, they're a physical team. Uh, they get after it really well. And I just, at this point, don't have any faith in De'Ara King uh, to be able to elevate his team. Like, I just haven't seen it. And again, last week was, I get it in week one against Bama, but you should have come out and smoked App State last week at home, and they didn't do it. Uh, they struggled with them, and that's it's not to take anything away from App State as a team. Uh, and, you know, we know that they're kind of that sneaky FCS school that everybody sort of looks at and goes, yeah, yeah, they can, they can keep themselves in games. Yeah, not, not it shouldn't be that way with Miami. So this is more about my view of Miami and Sparty being a team that's a little bit upstart right now, a team that may win seven or eight games in the Big Ten this year, and this could be one of them uh, that they could steal away. But I certainly like them getting the points, and the buyback on Miami actually makes you feel a little bit better about it. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe Miami was just playing a little lax last week so I can get in on them this week in week number three here. Uh, but a game that you really like there, Northern Illinois, Michigan, you're on the under in that game right now. The total is at 54 and a half with the uh, Michigan, the Wolverines laying 27 and a half and just kind of final thoughts in that one. And, and you're kind of thinking this is a more lower scoring game with that Michigan defense looking pretty good through the first two weeks of the season here. Yeah, re really solid defense. Uh, again, when they shut down Washington the way that they did, Northern Illinois, uh, I don't see them eclipsing 10. And from that standpoint, do I trust Michigan to get to 40? Yeah, I do. Um, against the Northern Illinois defense, that isn't very good. Uh, so from that standpoint, that's sort of my, my game script when I look at how the thing will play out. As long as no Illinois, Northern Illinois doesn't eclipse 13 on the, on the very high side, I think Michigan easily can cover this game. Um, but I'm not taking that uh, the, 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 the side here. I'm on the total under 50 because if Michigan's defense does its job, they don't even have to score that many points to be able to keep this thing under 54 and win handily. The marquee game in the 9 o'clock window in the West Coast, the noon window on the East Coast, Cincinnati and Indiana Bearcats laying three and a half. But now we've seen a little bit of money coming in on the under. That one opened up at 51. We saw 50s kind of across the board. Circa has now gone to 49 and a half. Maybe that compresses the dog there. We spoke with Brad Powers in the first hour. He said he leaned to Indiana getting three and a half at home here. Any final thoughts on this game? Three and a half with this one trending towards going under here with that movement at Circa. Indiana is just a confusing team to me right now. Michael Penix Jr. is the key to everything, and he hasn't played well, uh, didn't play well in the opener against Iowa. Another guy, like I mentioned with De'Ara King, waiting for him to sort of break out and have that game where he puts a team on his shoulders and carries him. Hasn't happened yet um, to this point, although he did look pretty good last week. Uh, but I, I think the play here is Cincinnati, right? I mean, they have a lot to prove. This, Regardless if it's Indiana, it's still a Power 5 opponent that they need to go out and beat uh, to show the world that, hey, that they can hang with the big boys from that standpoint. So... It's a lot of motive, motivation for Cincinnati in this spot to lay the three and a half. A game that I'm on, I'm laying it with West Virginia at two and a half. I'm seeing some twos in the market here. The total has been hit in that one as well at circuit sitting at 49 and a half. Uh, any final thoughts of Virginia Tech, West Virginia, old school Big East rivalry here. I'm on the Mountaineers. What say you, Mark? No, I, I like the logic you had earlier. Why is a ranked team on the road a, a underdog to an unranked team? Um, the question really is, is West Virginia's defense. Uh, you know, are they competitive enough to keep this game, uh, to keep themselves in, in, in 
on the plus side of this game, you know, with a lead for an extended period of time. I don't like to have the spot where West Virginia may have to chase if they give up points early. I think that's a game script right there for me that frightens you if you're on West Virginia. So from that standpoint, uh, if West Virginia can get out and score early and get a couple of stops early, you start to feel good about how the rest of the game is going to play out. And a fun game that we're talking about in the break there with uh, about 20 seconds left on this one. UConn Army, Army laying 35 with a total of 48 here. You think that Army might score 60 against that Connecticut defense? And UConn might not score at all. They may be the worst team in the country. My Black Knights, you see that American flag over my shoulder? Let's go Army here. Uh, they can score. Army absolutely can score. They will They will get the ball. They will run the trip and option right down your throat. And I don't think that UConn has anybody that can stop it. Swallow the 33, take the Black Knights, and let's go Army. All right, real quick here. My best bets, West Virginia minus two and a half, Vanderbilt plus the points, Miami minus six and a half, and Penn State minus five in the wideout game in Auburn. Mark, rattle off your best bets here. There are Alabama minus 14 and a half, Ole Miss 14 and a half, but also a trifecta of teasing it down to eight and a half. Also have those ones parlayed as well as you are on the Michigan under 54 and a half and the two dogs in the Big Ten, Michigan State plus six and a half and Purdue plus seven. Mark Zeno, it's been fun, man. Best of luck here in college football week number three. Pleasure, Femi. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, that does it for Point Spread Saturday. Coming up next, Lombardi Line, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, as they get you set close to kickoff on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 